ridiculous, and he's ridiculous. It's the Ridiculous Nicholas Show! All right, kids. Welcome to the very first Ridiculous Nicholas podcast. Yay! We are here, and we're happening, and we're doing. And today's episode is brought to you by Team Link of Hookset, New Hampshire, uh, Team Link uh, Martial Arts School. They're right on Hookset Road in Hookset. Uh, they do uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, mixed martial arts, kickboxing. Um, and one of the founders is uh, MMA great uh, Gabriel Gonzaga, one of the top contenders in the UFC. And he's one of the founding members. He comes up and does seminars pretty often there. Um, and once again, they're at 1338 Hookset Road. In Hooks at New Hampshire, the phone number there is 603-641-3444. And uh, if you go there and you tell them that you heard about them on the Ridiculous Nicholas podcast, they will give you 30 days free of lessons, uh, whether it be uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Mixed Martial Arts, Kickboxing. They give you 30 days free lessons and a free t-shirt. Um, it's a great school. I've been training there for... Uh, about three and a half years now, and uh, I love it. I mean, the, the, the instructors there are great, and the people there are great. There's no, there's no meatheads, and there's no, uh, there's nobody there that's trying to rip your head off your shoulders. And so that's a nice thing, because uh, I've had, I've gone to a lot of places there where they, yes, just like that. Yeah, they go in and they want to, they want to kill you, and I'm too old for that now. I'm not, I'm not in that spot anymore. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to be healthy and learn more stuff. And these guys have a lot to teach. So, uh, 30 days free, uh, BJJ, MMA, kickboxing and a free t-shirt, a free team link t-shirt. Uh, and that's uh team link in hooks at New Hampshire. And we're also brought to you by pizza. Nine one one. What is woo, your pizza? Emergency. What is your pizza? Emergency. Emergency, emergency. What is your pizza, emergency? Hey, what is your, what is it? Come on, say DJ, emergency. Come on, say DJ, emergency. Emergency. Come on, say DJ, emergency. Oh, uno dos tres cuatro cinco seis siete ocho nueve uno uno nueve uno uno emergency. Cuidado, cuidado. Oh, all right. Good pizza nine one one. Pizza 911, uh, they were voted best pizza in Manchester by the Hippo Press. Uh, they got a lot of great food there. I eat there a lot. They've got uh, gluten-free pizza. They've got uh, great subs, great sandwiches, salads. And their phone number is 625-2201. Pizza 911, if you mentioned that you heard about Pizza 911 on the Ridiculous Nicholas podcast, they will give you some free breadsticks. Free breadsticks if you mention that you heard us on the podcast. Now you have to buy something. You can't just go in and get free breadsticks. But if you like go and get something to eat there, they will give you free breadsticks with your meal. Whatever that meal might be. And that's it. Those are those are our wonderful sponsors of the Ridiculous Nicholas Podcast here today, this afternoon. And this is our first episode. And I'm so very, very excited. To be here with two of my dearest friends, Miss Lisa Geyer. Ha, ha, hello. And the wonderful and beautiful 
Buddy Sullivan. Wow, beautiful. Yes, that beard is delicious. Hair farmer. He is a hair farmer from way back. So, uh, this being our first show, we're, we don't have any guests here today. We're just going to hang out and uh, BS. And uh, if you have uh, any kind of uh, disdain for foul language, then you might want to change the channel because there might be some foul language here. So, this is, that's your one and only warning from here on out. It's disclaimer. Be, that's yep, your disclaimer. Yep. It's going to be dicks and farts. A lot of that. So... Oh, I didn't sign up for Beware. that. Beware. Lisa, listen. How many times do we have to go over this? I didn't... I read and then I didn't see... I'm not sure. You signed the name on the paper, right? Yes. You, you didn't read any of it? I read some of it. Okay. Did you... Did you read the part? You read the part where you have to provide snacks for everybody. Look at that. I nailed it. I nailed that. I see that you have all the snacks here. I read it. Right? Okay. What about the foot massage? Did you get that? Yeah, I'm getting one, right? You're giving me one. Right. Yes. It's it's written in that I have to give you one. So if I I read that part too. Okay. Okay, I read that part. All right, this is stupid, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) So uh so what are we going to do? We're just going to sit here and bullshit. That's going to be our that's going to be our thing. We're going to chit-chat about mm-hmm. things. We're going to talk about stuff. Tell me We're how gonna... you met me and how you know me. Well, Miss Lisa Geyer, I met you through uh, one of my dearest friends, my best friend, Mr. Tim Pike. Oh, we're going to have stories about Tim Pike. Yeah, there's going to be a lot. We'll probably have to change his name at some point. We'll just have to call him... Uh, Tim Tyke? Willie. Oh. Willie Jim Bapp. Well, Willie Jim remember, Bat. remember Willie Jim Bat that one time? I remember Willie Jim Bat. I remember him. Remember Willie Jim Bat from way back in the time there? Dude. Willie Jim Bat. So I met you through Tim, and he was uh, he was part of the the Wednesday night hoo ha down at the Black Bremer, the yep. former Black Bremer, the Manchester, New Hampshire. Yep, the now Jade Dragon. But good times. What a good. Decade and three years that was. It's another way to say 13. 13 Decade years. Decade and three years. Decade and three years. That is what I said. Love that. Um, <laughs> what a great time that was, right? Never going to happen again. So people bought the place and they were like, oh, we want you to do those Wednesdays again here. And I was like, it's never going to happen again, man. The way it kind of came about and it started out as Mama Kicks just being the duo, right? It was just the two of us in the band. Oh, it's, really? Yeah. It started just with the two of you there? Yeah, they had ah. just, the, it was the Renaissance restaurant for like a thousand years and that closed down and those guys, like five owners or whatever, bought and made it the Black Brimmer and the one of the owners who was pinnacle in all that success before he passed, Billy, um, he came and saw his place somewhere and he's like, I want you at my place. I'll just open this place, blah, blah, blah. So he, I said, we'll do an off night for you. And that's how it kind of came about. And um, so we went in the two of us, cheap money, because it was just the two of us on a Wednesday. We're yeah, like, yeah. who cares, right? So it started like that. It just grew. And uh, he was a great man. Anytime our numbers went up, he would just give us more money. I've never, ever had a club owner bar owner just offer you extra money because your numbers are up just a really great dude and uh and so our numbers kind of went up in two months he gave us more money and then it just kind of escalated from there and then um it became kind of the popular place on the weekends and it was just really cool i held a cd my first cd release party there and i built a stage for it and then so then they went back in and built the stage and that's just kind of how it came about and then i added somebody and i was like hey if you give me a little more money 
I can add a special guest every week, seeing that we're here every week. And that's just how it built. So for me, that's why I say it's never going to happen again. Because if they want to hire me to put a band together to go in and play, they, oh, they were gonna, we were going to call it, I named it. We were going to call it Remember Wednesdays. Right? <laughs> so, right? So that is clever. Thank you. That is clever. Then. So, yeah, we were going to, and I was just like, you know what? I thought about it. And I was like, this is never going to happen because they wanted me to pay, play for a sliding scale. And I was like, I'm not doing it. And that made me yeah. realize that this happened and the economy was great. When yeah, that went yeah. down, people came out on Wednesday night and just partied all night long, didn't leave till one o'clock in the morning, didn't care. They had to go to work the next day. It was for people that don't know, for people that never went to that thing, it was as packed, if not more packed, on a Wednesday night than it was on a Friday or Saturday. That place was wall-to-wall people mm-hmm. there the whole night, mm-hmm. dancing their asses off and having a good time. And it was such a cool, it was such a cool place. And it's, you know, not only, not only the great musicians that were there in the band, but you guys had unbelievable people that would just pass through. Yeah. We're there on a, hey, people aren't, well, Wednesday, oh, it's the, the guys from, uh, from, um, ah. <laughs> a juggling from Journey. Oh, yeah. yeah. The yeah. guys, oh, the guys from Journey would just well, stop in or, or, or Sully Erna just stopped in one night. Well, that or, came about because of my really good friend, uh, Candy Bermonte. Oh, God, I miss her. Um, uh, her, the Daddy Sunkey music stores here are all over New England, right? Yeah. Um, and she w- ran, oh, I know, right? Um, I never thought I would see the end of that either. place. I never thought I'd see that. I, ne- I still, when I drive by there on, on South Wall Street, so I just go, God damn it. I know. It's so sad. Ugh, I know. Um, but, uh, it was because of her, she, her and I were good friends and she ran, I don't even know what the department was she ran, but she was the one who put all the clinics together. And so she knew all these kind of people and they came into town and because, it, uh, you know, the, the Mama Kicks and the Brimmer we kind of became this thing on Wednesday nights. Like, even people who came from out of town for business would be at the Ramada downtown and they'd, you know, go to the concierge. Yeah, yeah. And say, what's to do here on a Manchester, New Hampshire on a Wednesday night? And they would go, Black Brimmer, Mama Kicks, like, hands down. I had people coming in from all over the country um, on a regular basis because they'd just come that one time they were in town for business. And they'd be like, we are planning our business trip every month so that we're here on a Wednesday to party with you guys. So Candy kind of did the same thing. She would be like, she'd bring in Billy Sheehan, Journey, like when they were all in town, these people that she was, yeah. so many I can't even mention. I was so it was cool. like it was such a hip thing. It was like, yeah. it was almost like an L.A. thing. It really it was. It was almost like an L.A. thing where just people just pop in, just these crazy rock stars well, just, just pop in and sit in with the band. But the cool thing was it, was it was Wednesday. So right. not all of us had regular gigs on Wednesdays. Musicians go. So it was kind kind of became a musician's night. You came in and that's where I met you. Yeah. And um, I think that that was the success of it is the night that it fell on. So Skunk Baxter came in a couple times. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> it was really cool, man. Because they would be doing a gig on a Tuesday or a Thursday. They'd be kind of coming through town somewhere. And uh, she would bring them in. John Popper. Really cool. John Popper. John Popper came in a couple of times. Yeah. John Popper came in and did the uh, the benefit we did for the Briggs benefit for the police officer who was killed. Yeah. He came in for that too. Yeah, I know. I met so many great people, and I have Candy Bramante to thank for that. She was yeah. very pinnacle in bringing those people all in, and you know. And then I'm so grateful. I mean, yourself, and I. You know, really a, a handful of musicians that are really close friends of mine that I've played in bands with now 
I would have never met those people on that kind of level, like my, the Tim Terrios and yourself and, um, you know, so many others. We were always working. We were working musicians. Yeah. And so there's no way that I would have ever had a chance to meet them. You know what I mean? I would have been like, oh, maybe someday when I have a night off, they'll be playing somewhere and I can go see them play. And it'd be like, hi, I'm Lisa Guy. Or, oh, hi, nice to meet you. But the level I got to know all these guys that were my featured uh, performers that night, we just all became friends. And, uh, you know, I'm so grateful for that. It's one of the, uh, it's one of the huge highlights in my, you know, my 35 year career as a working musician that I've had three house bands in my career, like long term house band gigs. Um, and that one was the longest on an, on, a, on an off night and the most rewarding of them all, you know, just so cool. I, I was, I felt so blessed. That's a huge highlight in my career. That thing, that yeah. thing, because it was the, it was uh, David Stefanelli, the drummer in the band, uh, coined it. Uh, uh, what did he say? It was uh, Friday night in the middle of the week. That's what he. he yeah, was, that's, a, that's an accurate. That's an accurate yeah. depiction. We used to say that all the time. Oh, it's Friday night in the middle of the week. And yeah. it was so. Not only for me, now it, it was just as the 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 level of musicianship in the band was top notch. Mm-hmm. Always the band was cutthroat mm-hmm. and brutal but as entertaining as the band was musically there was a there was a rapport that you guys all had everybody especially you and Stefanelli yeah. were so fucking funny <laughs> so funny Steph's and it funny. was just it was so effortless that was the beauty of it was it was none of it was contrived none of it was you know there was stuff you'd set up but yeah. it was never like a it was never schmarmy or schmaltzy or it was always off the cuff and fun and funny you know and it was just the whole show from beginning to end was always such a fun time and it was packed house people were there and i you know one of the things that i the most important things for me that came out of that is I met my wife there. Oh yeah. You know, I remember that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I know. It's funny when Steph joined the band, joined Mama Kicks when we were together seven years already when, when, when the, and that was actually because of the Brimmer too. When I, when, when I said to the owner, um, if you give me a little bit more money, I'll bring some other musicians in to play with us. So it's not just the two of us all the time, you know, it was pretty limited. So they did give me a little extra money and I would have like a featured guitar player, Tim Pike. Um, he would come in a lot. And then all of a sudden I, I knew David Stefanelli for a while. And, uh, and I remember calling him cause he was in this little duo playing guitar, uh, the beloved few and they had this great record out and whatever, but he wasn't playing drums. He primarily was a drummer. Great, great drummer. And I was like, do you want to come in and play drums with us? You know, and that's literally how that came about. See, again, without the brimmer, that never happens. Huh. And I was like, you weren't, you're not playing drums right now. Do you want to come in on Wednesdays? That. Yeah. I always thought that you guys were nope. a unit before nope. that. Yeah. No, I mean, I oh. knew Steph. Yeah, yeah. But, um, no. And so he started coming in and it just jived. And the beloved few thing was, I don't know what it was ever happening with that. It just jived. And so then we became that trio that was together. You know, for like another seven or eight years before we had a Chris Lester as the lead guitar player. And, and I did that because I wanted to do that because the Brimmer was so much fun for me. On Wednesday, I would pretty much start the week out like that. My, you know, our four night 
a week work week was Wednesday and I started out with the you know the best night yeah, and yeah. I had the freedom I wasn't the guitar player singer I wasn't strapped to that microphone all night like we were as the trio and all the other stuff right so you know it was so fun for me to just front the band again get a more wireless microphone in my hand and be free to jam and do other things that guitar wise I didn't have ability to jam on or whatever right yeah. so that's why that kind of came about for me unless I had come back from he had been living in LA for 10 years or so and he'd come back and uh, kind of came in and I was like, dude, if you bring your bass, um, you know, you can sit in, I'll try to get you some tip money or whatever. And then that moved forward into, he had been playing guitar and playing in this little duo or whatever. And I said, well, I'll feature you as the guitar player one time. And then it was just, I don't know. It was just a thing for me. I was like, I want to get him in the band. I want to have him be the lead guitar player in the band. So it frees me up. I still played guitar. But it freed me up to front the band. It added a whole yeah. new, it added a whole new element. We did a bunch more rock and roll type stuff. We did a little bit of it as a trio, but we did more. It freed me up, and it took us that next level. So again, that was the brimmer too. I just realized that talking about it. Huh? That was the well. That's the I, that's the only part of it that I knew. Yep. You know, because I knew you before Lester was there. Mm -hmm. So you know, I was there when you when it was just the three of you, and then you had different guests come through: Tim Terrio, Pike. Yeah. Where, and then Pike was with you for like a, I don't know, like a year or something. Off and on, yeah. He yeah. didn't play with us solidly. Yeah. He would just, he must have been doing other things. Yeah. He's Tim. He's doing other things. He would, yeah, couldn't yeah. commit <laughs> to being, but when I needed a guitar player for something, like be like, we have this thing or function or whatever, and I would want to bring that element in, I would ask him if he would do it with us. Because yeah. we played in the Wicked Big Band together. Oh, I didn't know that either. What? I didn't know he was in the Wicked Big Band. Yes! No, uh, I the, didn't know that. The, okay, you and Chi were in it. So that, that Wicked Big Band was first the classic show band. It was in right. 88 to 91, right? And that was a thing that, and so that place closed and we moved to the yard in Manchester and everybody kind of came with and Gardner was still the, open? Yeah, I think so. I think they are. Hmm. Um, so Gardner was the musical director of that pretty much owned, owned it, so to speak. Um, and so we moved to the yard and then, you know, whatever people had been, four or five years at this point that that band had been together from classics to there and a few members were leaving or whatever and a guitar player was leaving and we held auditions oh my god we just talked about this didn't we buddy sullivan auditioned for that for that gig i didn't even remember it but, sorry. But sorry, buddy you, sullivan. you snubbed him i didn't snub him he was buddy really god. young i did have snub <laughs> you he was really how old were you because if i was probably 30 what year was it i don't know 93 maybe 22 yeah, um, yes, because I was probably about 30. So he's 22 years old, you know? And so, and we had a whole bunch of people audition for that thing. And Pike didn't actually get it. We hired someone else who didn't work out. And then Pike had been playing with Crossfire, I think. And he came, became free and somebody else knew him or something. And then he came in and, you know, he was Crossfire! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he totally got the gig, you know? I know. Buddy just told me that the other day we were talking. He was like, yeah. What did you tell me? How did we come up? Something about singing. And he said, you're the one that got me singing or something? I don't know. What did you yeah, say? in the audition, you asked me if I sang. And I said, no. Yeah, because that was a big part. Like if I, we were going to hire somebody to be in the van, you know, we did everything from a Satchmo tune to, you know, ACDC and Led Zeppelin, the whole spectrum, R&B. So, you know, it's a horn band. So we did everything. So it was important to me if the, we had a lot of singers in the band to sing backups, really yeah, great yeah, backup yeah. parts and nail it and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I don't remember that. Sorry. I remember now that you told me. <laughs> Does that count? 
Nope. Oh, damn it. That's one of the things I'm really lucky with in my band. Because that, you know, my Gus, my guitar player, and yeah. Rick, my drummer are both really good singers. Rick's a really good singer. And, uh, and they both know how to sing harmonies. Yeah. You know, it's not like that, you know, it's not like they can sing, but they can only sing what they can sing. They can both do harmonies. Yeah, you know? it's amazing. So we, so we, I, I'm probably the weakest link as far as harmonies go. Well, the cool you thing know? is with those two guys, when I go to see you, you have this amazing, the loudest voice I've ever heard in my life. I'm a pretty loud singer, and so is in Gardner Berry, but you're out of control how much volume comes out of you. And uh, that they blend so well with you. That would be a hard thing yeah. to do because you're such a, but they blend so well with you. Well, I, I've worked hard on that, about finding the right spot. Yeah. You know, and that's why it's really like a, whenever we're, like if we're doing our own sound, I can find it pretty handily. Yeah. But if we're going somewhere that's sound, I have to really have to be on the sound guy about getting them up in my monitors yeah. because... Most people are like, no, I don't want any other. And I'm like, no, we're okay. doing three-part, four-part harmonies. I need to hear what they're singing. I'm the same I need to know so I can slip in where I need to slip in at. Yep. You know? I agree Otherwise, I could be out here. I could be singing somebody's part. And, I, you know, even though I sang it a thousand times, I, need, I still need to hear it. Yeah. You, you want to hear it. It's the, you want yeah. To yeah. And I want to hear it. You're right. Sounds good. You right. want to hear it. That's the shit that gives me the goosebumps. Correct. Makes well, you sing All of a sudden, better. it's like, oh, my God. Makes you sing better. Did you hear that? You know? So I want to so I want to go back to one second. One of my all time favorite things that came out of the Brimmer was that the Briggs benefit, which was really an amazing night. Um, it was that the was, last that time that I got night. to perform with my very good friend Brad Delp. It was mm. we did not know that at the time, but it would be the very last time that we got to perform with Brad. Um, but my favorite is is occasionally a picture will come up on like my computer or something from that gig and. And you sitting in with John Popper, your little <laughs> face was like, you were so, I can't, I can't even describe it. It was, it was just heavy. so was heavy, heavy for you. It was pretty heavy, but I'll, I'll tell you so what. It was so amazing. As heavy as that was, that wasn't the heaviest thing that happened to me that night. Really? It wasn't. And, and it was, and I, oh, you know, Howard. yeah, I mean, I had the early Blues Traveler records. Yep. Like I was listening to them and, you know. 89, 90, 91, you know, right around then when they were just starting to, you know, and 92, 93, and they were just, they still wasn't, they weren't really huge, but they were like colleges and stuff, yep. and, you know, and then it was, I don't know what it was, it was 90, it was 92 to 94 or something, and they had their big, their big hit, which I can't remember the <laughs> mountain, I can't remember the name of the dang thing, but been so long that was their big hit and then they were gigantic and right. then they were you know playing stadiums and whatever but so i was a huge fan of theirs early on even that was even before i really played harmonica with any kind of direction yeah. you know um and so it was real heavy for me but the thing that was even heavier for me is so my band played mm -hmm. uh the queen city kings yeah that's right i forgot, um, I forgot that i thought it was the other one and it was, it was yeah, it was the Queen City Kings, which was a horn band. Yeah, um, it was a really good band. I, yeah, you guys I, I, killed. I missed that band. It yeah, was, it was so really much fun. Band. It was so much fun. And that band started at the Bremer. Mm -hmm. That band started at the Bremer, um, and I won't go into the whole thing. But it was originally it was called the Queen City Kings. Yeah, and it was me, Pike, Buddy Sullivan. Teddy Bukowski on Keep bass. Keep Sullivan in. Yeah, yeah, he was in the band. The three of us were the the three of us were the front men. So we all sang equally. Mm -hmm. Buddy sang, mm -hmm. Tim sang, I sang. We all sang. Um, 
And uh, Teddy B on bass, Steve Vancouver on drums, Steve Prisby on piano, and that was the band, Queen City yep. Kings. Shortly after that, Pike got the gig with the soul band. Yep. He left. Everybody left. <laughs> as soon as Pike left, everybody was like out. They're like, oh, all right, we're all gone. So I reformed the band. It was Mr. Nick and Friends for a couple of years. And then I, we were doing all this horn music. And I was like, I want to get horns in here. So I took a pay cut. I didn't get any money. I didn't collect any money. I took a pay cut and I gave the two horn players money. They split my pay. Yep. And I would get whatever we could get in tips for the night. But we were doing all this horn music, and that's, you know, I was like, we got to get horns in here. And it would, just turned out so badass. And that was like the end of the, that was like the end of that band, kind of. That, that was, night at the Brooks It wasn't that night, but it was close, it was within that year. Were you in it then? No, you had dispersed? No, he had left, a, he had left, a, he left right after Pike left. He left right after, right after Tim, everybody did. <laughs> everybody just went, I'm out. Uh, so... Anyway, so I had this band, the Queen City Kings. We had a great set that night. Mm-hmm. We just killed it. And I got up off stage, and I'm just getting off the side of the stage, and I see this guy making his way through the crowd. And I can see as he's getting closer, it's Brad Delp. Oh. And he's... The place that night, oh, the yeah. benefit for... There's 500 the, people in there. It, you couldn't move in It was over capacity. You couldn't move in that place. Yeah. And Brad made... a. Herculean effort to get through that crowd to come up to me to my face and shake my hand and go, your band is fucking awesome. That's exactly what he said to me. Your band is fucking awesome. You guys were great. And I was like, no, all right, let me back up. Here's the first thing he said to me. He goes, he goes, Hey, I'm Brad. I said, (laughs) I know who the fuck you are. (laughs) I know who you are because at this time in my life, I've already had six copies of Boston yeah. Spurs record. Yeah. I wear it out. I'd lose it. I buy another one. Yeah. I never have not had a copy of that record since yeah. I first got that record. You know, it's one record. of my all time favorite rock and roll records. Yep. You know, I mean, that's just, a but that's so record. Brad. I have a Brad story just like that in the beginning. And that's how, I mean, that, that to me, that was like, I was floating for forever after that. Oh, I didn't care if the shit what happened. I was like, what? Are you going to tow my car? Hey, go ahead. Look at that. You need a foot? You need a foot? Take the foot. I don't give a shit. I got another foot. I'm good. Brad Delt dug my band. Yeah. That's right. It was unbelievable. Yeah. It was unbelievable. And that's then cool. the night that you invited me over. I was just going to say, was that before I brought you to the Rock and Roll Christmas before. party? That was oh. before the Rock and Roll Christmas it party. It was. And you have your timing a little bit skewed, too, because after that, the break show, we also did the Christmas show. At the palace. So that was the last time I played with Brad? Yeah. I thought that the Briggs was the last time we all played together. No, because, uh, because. Because that would have been November, September, November. Because I knew, because I, because I had, uh, I think. You're probably right. Yeah. Because I think the Briggs benefit was sometime in November. I feel like it was yeah. October or November. And then, and then the Christmas show. That would have been show. the last Christmas show I did with Brad. Yeah. Because I have video of it, uh, and Gardner sent it to me of that and that night and it was I we were doing was the last song uh Goodbye with a little help from my friends. Yes, yeah. So that was the it's last song. It's a standard song. goodbye song. Yeah. Right. So it was the yeah. last song of the night for the Christmas show. Yeah. And I was sitting there 
with my arm around Brad, yeah. singing harmonies with him, and I was. Oh like, no, no, the Christmas show was uh, the John Lennon Christmas song. So this is Christmas. No, that was what he sang. Mm, what was that? Was his song that he sang? But the last one of the night, it was Sal Baglio started it. I'm pretty sure. Oh no, it wasn't. Get by with all my my Christmas tune. No, it wasn't a Christmas song. It was like a. Um, was it? Oh my god. I wish we had a tech that could look it up really quick. Oh my god. That's what I brought this thing in for. I brought this iPad in so we could look shit up really quick. Uh, it I was, look that it up. was Sal Baglio yeah, started, started the song off and it was a standard rock tune and I can't, it's a song we all know in here. Was it like Springsteen's version of Santa Claus is Coming? No, to Town or it wasn't a Christmas song. It was something really? about friends. It was something about, um, uh, we're going to have to look it up. How are we doing for time? Buddy Sells? 20 minutes. Oh, shit. In or left? In. Oh, nice. Right. Um. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways. Um. <laughs> this it looks delicious. <laughs> you go ahead. <laughs> I'm punching out. <laughs> oh. Um. I can't remember what it was, yeah. but Gardner sent me a video, the of, video it. of it. I remember. I've never seen that. I want to see that. I have it. I, I have it at see, home somewhere. I gotta see it. You gotta send it I'll to me. I have to send it to you. Well, was I standing right next to Brad with the tall girl that played bass in Boston for a while? Oh, I can't think of her name. Yeah, I'm sorry. yeah. I can't remember your name right now. Yeah, yeah. And we were all singing together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember it, but I don't remember the song. It's just sad. But it was, that was another highlight. <sighs> Because it was, we were harmonizing <laughs> on stage, singing, harmonizing with fucking Brad Delp, yeah. and we're armed over the top yeah. of each other. It was insane. Yeah. It was so insane. And then, so those were my first two experiences with Brad, and, then, and my third experience with Brad was at the, the Gaudreau's Rock and Roll Party. Christmas party, yep. And so, we got to the party, and as soon as I got there, Brad grabbed me by the hand and he brought me around the room grabbed me by the hand and just brought me around the room and was introducing me to everybody. Yeah, because he go, This gig. guy's this guy's incredible. You gotta go see his band. And I was like, What? What the fuck is going on here? So great. It was so insane, man. It was so insane. It was one of the coolest experiences of my life. All three of those all three of those experiences were so really affected me deeply as a person, really like, were really incredible experiences in my life. And so even though... Well, you know what's crazy about that too? The timeline. Like, the timeline is like Briggs Benefit was probably like November-ish, if I remember it right. Yeah. And then the Christmas party was, uh, the Christmas co concert is December, and then the Goodrose Christmas, Rock and Roll Christmas party is usually the Monday before Christmas, so then that would have been the next thing. So the timeline of all this stuff happening to you was really quick. Yeah. And so That's I cool. felt in that really short period of time a really deep connection to Brad, even though, you know, we'd only spent, you know, a total of, you know, two hours together over the course of a month. It was like, uh, so it really affected me. It really affected me hard when he passed. It was like. Well, I need to say something right now about my friend Brad that, that it was part of the thing of, who he was, you know, my story was, um, I had a, an original band together with Barry Goodrow, the original, uh, one of the original guitar players for Boston, right? The first two records. 
And um, so I had a project and I was doing a senior release party and, and I hadn't quite met Brad yet, I, you know, in passing here and there, but had not quite had that meeting yet. And um, so he came to the CD release party and I was very excited that he was going to be there. And um, and so t- the end of the set was very successful. It was at the Black Brimmer. Of course it was. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, so I remember Barry Goodrow leaning over to me and saying, you, uh, we're going to do an encore. Let's do Long Time. He goes, go out and ask Brad if he'll come up and do it with us. And I go like this. Hey, I'm not, you ask him. You're Barry Goodrow. You ask him. And he goes, nope. If you go out and ask him, he'll do it. And I go, like, he's like, nope, you've got to go ask him. And I was like, so, you know, everybody's, yay, you know, funny thing, waving, like we go off for the encore. And so he's kind of off to the side or something. I don't know why he's standing there. I don't, I don't remember, but. I go up to him and I go, hi, Brad. Uh, and I stupidly go, I'm Lisa Geyer. He's like, yeah, I know. I just watched your whole show. And, uh, <laughs> idiot. Who brought the cool kid? And, uh, so he, I was just like, listen, I'm going to be so honored. We're going to do long time, you know, as an on car. I'd be so honored if you came up with, you came up and did it. And he was like, oh, I, I, I can't go up and do that. You know, this is your show, whatever. I go, Brad, I go, you know, please, I would love it. He goes, listen, I'm not going to come up unless you come up and sing it with me. I go, listen to me. These people don't want to hear me sing long time. They'll throw tomatoes at me, not with you in the room. They want to hear you sing. He said, I'm not going up. I can't do it without you. So he says to me, I can't do it without you. And I just looked at him and I go like this. Do you know that you're right now? <laughs> and we both had this huge laugh. And that's like we became fast friends. Like right then and there we had that connection. I go, do you know you're Brad Dell? So that was my thing with him, right? But but my friend Brad, everybody who ever met him, like you had this amazing experience with him in this short amount of time there was something about his spirit and his um you know his light that he was just such a such a giver of his energy and such a sweet spirit you know i think part of that has kind of drained him and left him a little uh a little hollow and dark when he was alone you know maybe because he gave so much of that beautiful light when he was around people and none of it was ever fake you know what I mean? Like, you know that none of that was fake. Brad Delp is not going to take you around a room at this Christmas party that nobody even knows who you are except me because I brought you. You know what I mean? And introduce yeah. you to all these people just to, you know, put his head up your ass. He's not doing that for that reason. Yeah, he's got, he had nothing to gain. No, he had because, nothing to gain by doing it. That's why I know that it's, you know, I have nothing to offer him. It's not like I have a no. booking agency. Thing, no. Or it's not like I have a club or a... Or a record label, or there's no reason for him to do it. He did it because that's what he felt, and that's why it was so it was such a heavy thing for me. And it's just his spirit know? was so sweet about it. He was such a genuine person. He just was just a really, 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 really good dude. I have quite a few stories about people that I was, you know, I was the conduit of why they got to meet Brad, and each and every one of them had that experience on some small level. It was five minutes or five days or five years they had that little they have that they still to this day have that little story about oh man when i met him he was so like genuine you know sometimes people get that weird delusional thing when they meet an idol yeah, yeah, yeah. that they think they're being so nice to him yeah, yeah it's weird it's never ever that that story was real i'd be standing right there and be like oh no no that was that's really real brad was very genuine and giving and loving and just a really a really great spirit which is why it probably burnt out so quickly you know it just you know it was very it was very tough to lose that that beauty, that beauty on so many levels, you know, just a beautiful spirit, human spirit here, and then that gift that gifted that voice that just melts me every time I hear it. Mm. Like I can't believe that I got to go to vocal rehearsals with Brad Delp, who's singing everybody's part for them in the middle of him singing his part, 
because it's mm-hmm. all in his head. All those voices were in his head. That's insane. Just really beautiful giving human being. I miss you, Brad. Yeah. Good yeah, dude. He was a good I'm dude. glad that you got to have that experience with him. Yeah, it was heavy. It yeah. was heavy, and I think about him a lot. Yeah, it's a good dude. I think yeah. about him often. It's funny, when I think about Brad, I hear a Boston tune within 15 minutes of having that moment, that little Brad Delp moment all by myself. I'll hear a Boston tune. Yeah. yeah I cool. couldn't for a couple of years afterwards. I, if I, as soon as it would come on the radio, I would have to change the channel. Yeah. I just couldn't listen to, to any of it. You know, yeah. it just really would make me sad. Oh, it makes me happy. But now it's, now it's, you know, the music is Ugh, so killer. The freaking you know? voice. <laughs> His Cut voice. it out. Yeah. He used to say to me all the time, like, you go, voice is so amazing. You sing like that all the time. And he'd say things to me and I'd go, just cause it was our joke. Do you know your Brad now? <laughs> I would just always say it to him. Are you really saying this to me, Brad? Oh, no, no, no. He was just so sweet. Such a good dude, man. Again, Brimmer, right? All of that is all Brimmer. Yeah, all Brimmer. All of that's all I Brimmer. I feel like it's going to be the Brimmer again one day. You do? Yeah. In our lifetime? I think so. We'll be I think like... It'll be, I think it'll be... It's not going to be that Jade Dragon. That food there sucks. No, dude, that's that, gone, isn't it? I don't know how that, is it closed? I don't think so. Oh, they're not having entertainment there. anymore. I know that. Yeah, I don't think they're doing entertainment anymore because I've been I've been by there on a Friday or Saturday night and it's, it's shut down. I like to have like, this feeling that everything has a a time frame, right? And so the Brimmer was just amazing for a long period of time, and then at the end it was kind of you know like anything, it kind of does this right a little bit. Some yeah. people have a tainted memory of oh, those bathrooms were disgusting or whatever it was, right? And Eh, the music got to be the same five bands rotating. Whereas, you know, in the very beginning of the Brimmer, when Gardner and I started playing... The Blues Club. There's a duo. I saw some of the coolest people that, like, even at that time in the city, it was before the Verizon was there and all that stuff, Veterans Park would have these Thursday night things where they would bring, like, people in from, like, maybe touring some little Tupelo-type circuit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they'd go down and they'd do a little show during the day or until, like, 7 or 8 or 9 o'clock at night down at Veterans Park, the outside venue. And then, so, this, this the owner, of one of the owners of Brimmer, Billy Mack, um, he tied himself into that because he was so brilliant in that way. And he'd get these guys to all come play. I saw the coolest people, old blues dudes from Texas and Chicago. I'm like, how's he getting these people to come here? And this was way before the stage was built and the house lights. And we were all playing. And you know when you walked in in the older days, there was a wall right there? Do you remember that wall when you first walked half in? Wall? Half wall, sorry, yeah, yeah. 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 The band used to play right in front of that, facing the bar. It was horrible. And... Mm-hmm. um yeah, I'm the one that built the stage in the left for my first CD release party. I had a guy come in you know what, and build it, and we tore it down. And then I'd been telling them, you need to build a stage there. Nothing, nothing, nothing. So I had one built for my CD release party, and then the guy tore it down. And they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, uh, I paid him to do that. So within the next week, they built this pretty much uh-huh. the same stage. A little smaller, but pretty much the same stage. And that came there. But I mean, we all played on the floor, including these cool blues guys. I, you know, I saw so many cool bands there. So, you know, towards the end, it was after Billy Mac died, things really changed there. You know, mm. Billy was the visionary. He wasn't afraid to spend money to make money. You know, he, he was that dude. And so, I mean, that's just my theory. But, you know, things changed. So towards the end, it was kind of all the same bands, you know, the little circuit thing playing. And that's all great. But it had this really different energy about it the first, I would say, 10 years. Mm. You know? And we were part of that. That that Wednesday that we formed was part of that cool energy. 
one of the one of the things that always amazed me about the success of that place was the sound of that place is such dog shit. Horrifying. It's the worst sound of any, any room ever. And it, it was amazing how much people were, were, didn't care about the sound. It was just about having fun. You know, they would go out no matter what right. to go out there. It you proves I mean? that the that energy, be, the yeah. energy in the room is what it's all about. Yeah. I know it used to bum me out that it sounded so horrific. Yeah. And there's not much you could do in that room. So- I mean, there's just not. It's so, it's so big and so, so vast and such high ceilings. There's not, there's not a lot, not a lot of soundproofing options. Yeah, the ceiling was metal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, tin. really high. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. There's not a lot, you don't have a lot of soundproofing options in there, you know. I mean, they could have hung some stuff, but I've seen that done before, but they weren't. You're right, little like, little like straight up and down panels. Yeah. yeah. They could have done that to help it, but I mean, they weren't going to do anything like that. That's, they just weren't about that. You know, it was, it was, it already had the energy and the, some sort of force behind it that it needed. Why would they do that? You yeah. know, they didn't care about that. But yeah, that's so funny. The sound was so horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, mean, I, I feel like it's going to be something. I feel like it'll probably be the brimmer again. Something. Well, it has to, it's got to have a course. That Jade Dragon place was a place sucked. I feel bad, place, man, because that guy's a good dude. Probably, I'm sure he's a fine guy. Yeah, but he's did, a good did, dude, you ever go to, did you ever go to their quote buffet that they had? Their lunch buffet? <laughs> no. Jesus Christ! It was like three and a half items. Yeah, it was seriously. It was seriously? like three and a half items. Seriously, you would go in there and there was like a little salad bar, and then there was like. They had like they had like a sushi, and there was like two different kinds of sushi. It was like here's sushi with sour cream in it. There's here's sushi with cream cheese in it. Here's sushi with you know whatever, <laughs> whatever in it. I don't know what it was in it, but they had like two sushi things. <laughs> you know sushi. You know sushi. This one has sour cream. That sushi one has eggs. There's not just sushi in it. This one's full of farts and whatnot. Um, that's really was a pitiful. Yeah. I went there. I met, I met the wheelers there one day for lunch. Oh, the wheelers. Hey, let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about our friend Mo Wheeler running in the marathon. I posted something. I actually did it myself. Posted something on my Facebook page about her today. I'm very proud of her. I her today. I'm I'm very proud of her. I'm so so bummed I did Running for um, suicide prevention. It's called something. Damn it. I'm so bad at remembering something. Well, Mo Runs for Hope is what she was doing. I can't remember the, the suicide prevention. Uh, oh, it's just, I'm so proud of her. And, good Samaritans. Uh, good Samaritans, or, there it is. Yeah. yeah. It's something Samaritans. Yeah. I don't know if it's the Good Samaritans, but it's something, something, it might be. Yeah, I'm so proud. We're so proud of you, Mo. Yeah, I texted her today. We talked a little bit. She said everybody was writing such nice things to her. She's like, I'm bawling all day. I go, well, that's good. <laughs> Get that stuff out now, because yeah. tomorrow's going to be important. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be dehydrated. Probably <laughs> too much. You want to keep some of the... Some of the H2O Keeps in your body. Some of the saline in. Yeah. yeah, good for her, though. I love those people. I just recently met, like, really got to know them. I've always kind of known her as a fan, kind of. Oh, she was always really cool and came up and say hi and just be really, just, just a really cool person. And um, uh, it kind of came about when uh, Chad Marsh was putting that um, 
fundraiser on to, for her to raise the $10,000 she had to raise to run in this marathon. Yeah. And uh, he asked me, he goes, do you think that, it was after my vocal cord surgery, and so I, he was like, do you think you'd be able to do it? He goes, you know, even if you just come, you know, Mo would, Mo would really love it if you could be there. And I was a little bit like, who is she? <laughs> and when he described her, I go, oh, I know who that chick is. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, of course I'll come. And I was like, I'll sing. He was like, really? I go, yeah, I'll sing. I'll sing a couple songs, you know. So I didn't know you were going to sing that night. So, so that was really, that was cool for me because I knew yeah. you were still on the mend. You yeah. Know? So, so I went and the cool thing that happened is I went to see Chad a couple of times because it wasn't working, you know, wasn't working for seven months. And, um, so I went to see him and there she was sitting in the little club and she kind of came over to me and she was like, Oh my God, thank you so much. And we'd been emailing a little bit because she was like, thank you. Chad said, you're going to come. And uh, I said to Chad to give her my info. So and we just kind of started chit-chatting. And, you know, in all honesty, if I'm being really honest, I was probably in the darkest place of my life at this period mm. of my life. You know, I'm not, I've never really ever been a dark person ever. But this was the time for me that I needed to reflect. And huge things were happening in my life, including vocal cord surgery. And my, you know, my career was actually changing. My band was ending. You know, my income was disappearing. Like, it was a huge change for me. So I was in this dark place and her and I just chit chatted and I didn't even know that the fundraiser I didn't even know what she was running for. I was just like, yeah, I'll show up. I don't know what it's for, you know, of course. Yeah, yeah. So we just started talking about what it was and I was just like, oh sister, I hear that man. I go, you know what? Five months ago in my own life I would have been like, yeah, no, I don't know what it's like to not feel like you're in your own skin and be in such a dark place you feel hopelessness. I don't know what that's like. But I was all like, I know what that's like. You know, and uh -huh. so we had this little connection. Yeah, yeah. And one night she sends me, it was real late at night. I just happened to be on my iPad in bed. And uh, she sent me this email and it had, and all it said was, um, uh, check this out. It's my all time favorite song. Makes me feel good. And I open it up and it's this old 1960 something. It's Sinatra right in the best of his prime. He's maybe between 38 and 42. Right. And, uh, and he's got the hat on the whole thing and he's singing that's life. Now that genre in that era is really connected to my father for me. So this yeah, is a very, yeah. you know, this thing. she doesn't know any of this about me. And so she sends this thing to me and it's it just the lyrics and stuff. And it just really touched me. Like I really touched me. So I contacted her back and I was like, dude, whatever. So I contacted Chad and I go, uh, I need to talk to Nate. Is Nate playing for me? Yeah, I need to talk to him because ah. I'm learning that song and singing it for her at her benefit. Ah. Yeah. So since then, her and I have been fast friends. I dig that girl. She's a she's a really good person. Well, I uh, I cool too. became friends with the Wheelers out of the benefit show for you, which is pretty close in time frame. Fairly yeah. within a year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I so I, it's been the last, you know, whatever it's year. been, a year and a half or... Yeah, a year. Whatever. Since, 14 months for me, that. Yeah, year. yeah. Because they saw me at the at, at your benefit show. Oh, that's show. so cool. Yeah, I didn't know them before that. Oh, and God. they, uh, you know, they came up to me and then they started, then right after that, I got the gig at Nolens, which I got because of the benefit show. Because Lou, the owner, and his girlfriend Erica were at the banquet show, there, yeah. and I—it was a weird thing, man. I we were doing this Monday thing at uh, at Whippersnappers. Mm -hmm. It was me and Ken Clark and Ephraim, 
And they so you were, were doing the opposite of my news? We were news? doing the opposite of you, right. Of my news? Oh, right. awesome. So we were doing, right, the, right, we were right. doing the opposite Mondays from you, right. Yep. And they, and they were, they wanted to do every, they were going to go back to every Monday with you. And so our time was ending there. So I was looking for a new place to go. And I was on my motorcycle and I was riding down Elm Street and I was heading towards the old Bremer. Mm-hmm. I was, that was my, that was my goal was to go there. And then as I went by, as I, as I was riding down, I was thinking, Oh, I heard there was this place over here called like like Nolans or and as soon as I I thought it I looked up and I saw the sign I and I passed it I did a U turn I came back and I went inside and uh, and I went in and as soon as it was Erica uh, Lou's girlfriend was mm-hmm. was there uh, and it was this was Monday so your benefit was Sunday yep and this was the next, the next day, day the very next day and so I walked in and Erica had this giant smile on her face and I was like hi I'm Nick I'm uh, you know I'm doing do this uh, Monday thing I'm trying to find a new home for it and yada 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 and she's got this big giant smile on her face and I'm like I, I couldn't <laughs> read it yeah I couldn't read it I couldn't I was like I was like is she stuck that way I was like why is she so like like permagrin is like, what's going on with this chick and then, and she goes, she goes, hang on, I'll be right back. And then she goes out and gets Lou, and he comes out. Now they both, they both have this big giant smile on their face, and I'm like, alright, there's some, they, there's Good something job. going on here. And they go, we were at the show last night, oh. and they were, you know, they, they were like, it was, your, your part in the show was awesome, and we would no, love to have you. No, your part in the show ripped the roof off the dump. And I'm just gonna interrupt you right now, because I knew, when you and I had that phone conversation, um, when uh, Minion, my assistant Nicole, was kind of putting this show on, she'd never done anything like that. So I was kind of just in the background, Which, k- kind of giving, giving her the Let me interrupt you for a second. Yeah. She did an incredible she job. She did a great job. So I was just in the background. I was like, I'm not going to put my own show on. <laughs> you know, but I was just kind of in the background telling, what do I do? What do I do? Who do I call? What do I do? And I would just give her all the things. This is what you do. And so... When you and I talked to you, you, I saw you or whatever, you called me or you, whatever you did and you were like, I would love to be part of it. And I was like, Ugh, Nick, there's so many people already part of it. I appreciate it. Please, you'll be backstage. The whole thing, I want you there. And then I believe it was the fools who pulled out and they couldn't make it. And I had that little thought process of we have the Mama Kicks house band being there and they're not really doing anything except they're really four sticks. And, um, yeah, yeah. and, um, and I was like, Oh my God, I'll take that 15 minute slot and I'll make that be a few I can get three more acts in there that way and you were the first one I thought of I go oh I gotta call Nick Nick's gotta be good Nick's gotta do a song and I chose and then I realized that that I actually am the go-to girl for these things that there was no chicks there was no chicks being represented in the show yeah yeah (laughs) and so I asked the uh Ali Beaudry and Kim Riley she they would do a number and then my friend Bobby Livingston but um but the minute you and I talked and I said what song are you gonna do and you little you said little demon I just I went like this in my head, I, I saw it. I saw the whole thing play in front of my face. That moment on the telephone, I go, yeah, he's the one taking the show in that one song. Like, I knew that that was going to happen. I knew you were going to take the show in that, in that song. I just knew. It was one of those things. Well, it was when we were on, when we were talking on the phone, uh, you were like, why don't you do that? That's my life song. I really like right, that song. Right. And I went, no, I'm going to, I got one song. You're going to give me one song? Yeah. All right. All right. I'll do one song. Yeah. You, you want me to do one song? I'll what? do one song. You're just gonna one? give me one song? I'm just gonna give me one? That's fine. Alright, that's fine. That's I'll fine. Do one. I just need one. I need one. Alright. One tiny little song. Huh? Watch me. Yeah, here we go. 
Look out, fuckers. Here we go. <laughs> no, but you said that because I have your, I have your record and I love it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I played it, I played it endlessly for about three months. I loved it so much. And, uh, and. 50. Oh yeah, 10 minutes. Sorry. Um, and, uh, so the minute you said a little demon, I was like, yes. And it yes. was, everybody up to that point was great. Amazing. Everybody was, all, all, all of the acts of that but, whole but place it, the were show awesome. Was, but the was, show was doing this right there. The show was humming yeah, at this was really just, appreciative, yeah. like, woo, this is lovely. This is all going on. And, and then you came out and kicked it in its teeth. Yeah. It was like, it was like a, it was like a. Elevated it. Yeah. yeah they, they, they open up the doors in the nut house and they just, there like, it just is. Came, I just came out and like, ah! <laughs> you know, it was like oh, everybody was just like oh, that's, 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 this is nice. a lovely evening. Everybody's wonderful. Very everybody, amazing. yeah, it was. It was. It was Isn't like it a, lovely. They're all here for. Lisa. Yeah, it was just. It was. A, it was a. You know, uh, what's the word that I'm thinking of? It was a. It, it was a listening audience. It was all. Everybody was just listening. Appreciative. And it was just appreciative and everything. And uh, you can't right. even change that. Put the alarms on in here. <laughs> <laughs> set some alarms off in this place just right so now. great it was just it was just so great and i had so many people now because godsmack headlined that you know there was a lot of godsmack fans that were also avalon fans which is yeah, yeah. the project that i did with sully uh that i got tons of uh you know facebook Post saying like, who was that guy? Like all this stuff, and then and other people too were just contacting me like, who was that guy? It was actually a little surprising to me because you're my friend and I've known you for quite a while that that these people didn't already know who you were. Like it just surprised me. I was like, you don't know who Nick is? That's really weird. Well, like, we're it, in different. We're in. We, no, I we know. Travel in very we're very different, different. Yeah, yeah. Families. I know, but I don't know because I think you're amazing. I think everybody knows you. I don't know. <laughs> so, so I was just a little surprised, and I'd be like, oh yeah, no way. His band is amazing. I would send them all your information. It was awesome. I got a lot of I got a lot of new fans from that it one show awesome. from that one song. Right? I still get people that come out to my shows and they come out. And they go, so I came out here tonight because I saw you. Is that yeah. awesome? You know, I'm just realizing in this conversation how uh, intertwined our lives have like been without us even super really knowing it. Like you going like, oh, after that benefit, I went down and I got that gate there. Like I didn't yeah, play yeah. along, but I didn't know it was because of the benefit and like the whole Brad Delp thing that, you know, you came and you played that and I knew Brad and Brad was there and that all happened. And it's really funny how we're so intertwined, yeah, yeah. the two of us. I just realized that. That's funny. Bitch, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, I was just winding and twining all the time. <laughs> Alright, oh. right, so we've got like a Five few minutes, minutes left. We yeah. are gonna give uh Cumbies Bob a call because one of the one of the things that we're gonna do here every week is Cumbies Bob is gonna give us a little piece of uh little info. advice. Nice. So I, can so, I just say this real quick before we do go while you're dialing or whatever? Like let's just mention that uh our very first guest that we're going to have on will be our, our good friend Charlie Farron oh next week. Oh my god, I'm yeah. so excited. Yeah, it's I really, can't it's, it. I can't wait, Charlie Farron. Oh, see? I can't believe we got him as our first oh, guest. Oh, I love And Charlie. it was so effortless. Yeah, I literally, I sent him one message and within 15 minutes he was like, That's I got great. it in my books, give me the details. That's great. Like he didn't even ask me what it was. I said, hey, Lisa and I are doing a podcast mm-hmm. and he went, alright. Uh, I gave him the date. He goes, I'm there. Give me the details. That's awesome. It was that simple. I couldn't I'm believe psyched. how. I'm very excited. So I'm Charlie Farron. He'll be performing yeah. too, right? Uh, one song at least. I'm that sure. We hope. I'm okay. sure he'll probably. 
sing a song or a little whatnot. song or a ditty of some yeah. sort. So a couple of silly things that we're going to do every week is, uh, so I know this guy, Bob from Cumberland Farms. I call him Cumbies Bob. And every That's time I, clever. every time I go into Cumbies, he has a little silly piece of fun, uh, silly advice for me. And, uh, so I decided we're going to give him a call every week and we're going to get a little piece of silly advice from him. And I don't know him, so this will be very exciting. Right, you're just meeting him for the first time. So excited right now. So ecstatic. I have to look up his number right Dude, here. I'm ecstatic to you're talk ecstatic. to Bob. How ecstatic are you? I'm ecstatic like mad. Are you freaking wicked? A. Are you freaking wicked? Super ecstatic. I can't oh, believe how super wicked static you are. Static. You're like I'm, crazy super static. I'm something. ticked. I'm so static. You're like static beyond static or what? That's way, dude, freaking forget about it, guys. I can get about it. Here we go. Hi. We're going to say thank you, Skype. We're using our little Skype program. And here we go. The phone is ringing. We should have a phone is ringing song. Phone is ringing. I don't know, something. Oh, <laughs> what are you, Ginger from Gilligan's Island? Try him again. Ah. Let's go. Here we go. Cumby Bob. You're going to mess me up now. Cumby Bob is letting us down. I'm going to say your real name, Bob. You keep it up. Oh, <laughs> you just keep it up, Bob. Keep it up, Bob. Bab. 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 The fold is raging. The fold is raging. The fold is raging. The phone is raging. It is the fold. It is a Well, screw Cumbies Bob, he screwed us, <laughs> son of a bitch. Oh, boy, I'm going to send him a text message. He's dead to us. Cumbies Bob, God dang it. God dang it, Cumbies Bob. Killing us. You're killing us. Killing us, Cumbies Bob. We're trying to call you, Cumbies Trying to Bob. do something here, man, and you're crunching our groove. We're trying to call you, Bob. We're trying to call you. We're trying to call you. We're trying to call you. Come as Bob. Come as Bob. There's the intro right there to every time we call. Come as Bob. If we ever do it again, because he's dissing us. All right. Well, he's got... Uh... Old, uh, old Chuck over there. Chuck old, old Chuck, you folly. Chuck, 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 you folly. Chuck, 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 Ch
Chacuckles. Chacuckles. Old Chacuckles. He's got that. He's got that. Uh, he's got that. So he can make a song out of that. Oh, he's got that. He's got that. You Old take Chuckles. it. Oh, Chuckles. Chuckles, you take Old it. Oh, Chuckie McChucklenstein. I'm going to try and call Cumbie's Bob one more time. Oh, man, really? One more time. We're going to give him a... The phone is ringing. Okay. All right. This... Oh, well, the phone is ringing. It's not ringing now. Okay, go ahead. Start. Oh, well, ring, ring, I can't look at you when you do it. Do we get to say goodbye? Can we say goodbye right now? Uh, Don't forget Charlie Farron next uh, podcast. Yeah, we're not in any... There's no constraints. We can go over five, three minutes. It's all right. There's no... I mean, there's no... My alarm? Yeah, we're going to do sponsors again. Your alarm didn't go off. Yeah, I said it for an hour. Dong shit McGee. My my alarm is as reliable as Bob. Uh, Also, one of the... So we're going to do... Oh, here it comes. We're going to do Bob... Hey, that's your time, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that's our time for Rebecca's podcast. Uh, we're so glad you came out here live and listened to us here on Rebecca's Nicholas podcast. Alright, so one of the silly things that we were doing every week is we're going to call Cumbies Bob and get a piece of advice. Cumbies Bob, fuck I got some over. advice for him. Yeah. Pick up your phone. Yeah, pick up your phone, stupid. <laughs> stupid. Stupid. Don't be stupid, Cabby's boss. You said you were going to be there. And the other thing that we're going to do every week is we're going to pick a little song. That's, uh, it could be it's something TV related. It's going to be a TV show theme. What or did you a, have? You had an idea of what we should call that. Or a commercial. Uh, what was it? it I don't know. It's really good. It explained it. Uh, oh, uh. We should write things old, down. Old timey, old timey TV tunes. Old, old timey TV tunes. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're gonna call. It. Yeah. We need old to timey, write. We need to write a, a theme song to that. Old timey TV tunes. Old timey TV tunes. Yeah. Yeah. It's time for old timey TV tunes. Oh. Maybe right. something yeah. better, but something, you know, so something, that's something to work we'll, with, Chuck. We'll work on it, Chuck. Chuck, can you work on that for us? Chucky, Chuck, Chuck. Uh, this week's old timey TV tune mm-hmm. goes like this. Go. My baloney has a first name. It's O-S-T-A-R. Oh, My baloney has a second name. It's M A Y E R. Oh, I love to eat it every day. And if you ask me why, I'll say. Cause Oscar, Oscar Mayer has a way with B-O-L-O-G-M-A. Right. How's that? That's it. That's all our silliness for tonight. Once again, this podcast is brought to you by Team Link. Hooks at New Hampshire. 
1338 Hooks at Road. Their phone number is 603-641-3444. Again, started by the uh, mixed martial arts great Gabriel Gonzaga, UFC top contender. Uh, if you mention the Ridiculous Nicholas podcast, when you go in there, they'll give you 30 days free of, of classes and a free t-shirt. And we're also brought to you by Pizza 911, voted best pizza in Manchester by the Hippo Press. Uh, they got great pizza, subs, salads. Their phone number is 603-625-2201, 625-2201. If you mention that you heard about Pizza 911 on the Ridiculous Nicholas podcast, they will give you a free order of breadsticks. Thank you so much, everybody that's listened to our very first episode of the Ridiculous Nicholas podcast. And next week, we'll be here with Charlie Farron. Yes. We'll see you there. Love you all. Good night. Good night.